Great news, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. I just want to let you know that we have finally released our second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. This book was written with you in mind. I wanted to capture 15 unique stories of different investors starting at different stages and doing different things. This book is just that. It's nearly 300 pages of motivation, of confirmation, and reminders that yes, you too can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rinsel at a time. It is Thursday, and that means we bring back Jonathan Twomley, our weekly expert. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. Hey, man, something I just, I recalled this morning when I saw the unemployment numbers come out. I remember it seemed like you and I talked about uh, the unemployment claims every week for probably a year. Yeah, we did. They were so bad. The good old, the good old days. <laughs> good old days, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I wanted to talk about them real briefly because there's a lot going on in the jobs market, uh, but I think I want to give a shout out to the new unemployment claims. They finally broke below 300,000. I think it was 293,000. Yeah. That's an interesting number because we hadn't been below that since February of 2020. So a uh, long time coming. Yeah, I mean, you know, not, not surprising because everything has been opened up and people are getting jabbed and going back and doing normal things again. And a lot of the stuff, the, some of the last, you know, the, the toughest stuff to reopen, the tourist stuff is reopening. And so this is all... Uh, great news and not entirely surprising. So, yeah. uh, but it's, you know, it, it's, it shows that things are more or less back to normal and, you know, there's still some left leftover hangover, but yeah. it's, it's definitely, it's a good sign. It's this a good like sign. A good, yeah. It's a good sign for sure. Well, let's, let's move on to the job market. Cause there's a lot of stuff going on in the job market, right? The September jobs creation was below expectations. Kind of again, unemployment went from five, one to 4.8. That's obviously you three 11.1 million job openings to 10.4. I think they estimate, I think the last time I saw they had 8.7 million people unemployed. So hmm. there seems to be a lot of mismatch. We have the great resignation, 4.3 million people resigned in August, or maybe it was September. Just what's going on in the job market, uh, in your opinion? I mean, there's a lot going on here. And I think what is happening is that along with, a, like, so the thing that's interesting about COVID, if you step back overall, yeah. is that COVID accelerated a lot of trends that were already in motion Okay, that people weren't really paying attention to. Right. Mm. Or, or so, for instance, like work from home is something that people could have done for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And they kept on talking about how, oh, nobody's going to live, need to live near their jobs anymore because we can all do it by on the computer while you're at home. But it didn't actually happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And then COVID caused it to happen. And now people don't want to go back to their offices because they like working at home better, or at least some right. of them. Same thing we talked about with. Millennials buying homes, yes. right? They were on their, they were starting to do it already, right? Before COVID hit, mm -hmm. it, you could see it in the data. The home ownership rate was on the rise. Yeah, it was. As we always, as you and I expected it to be all along, despite what all the apartment gurus said. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, so all these people who had it in the back of their mind to buy a house or who were planning to buy a house, say, 2025 
when their kids were getting to school age or whatever, suddenly we're like, oh gosh, we got to do that right now. Yeah. So it just accelerated this trend that was already in motion. And there, there are probably many other trends like that that you can point to. Now, one of the trends that was discussed before COVID and nobody was paying attention to it except for a few geeks hmm. like me was that the balance of power between workers and employers was going to start to shift. Yeah. Right. Because of the retirement of the baby boomers, mm -hmm. right? Now the baby boomers have actually hung around a lot longer than they would have mm -hmm. because they got whacked in the great recession and they lost all their home equity and their stock market portfolios took a beating. And a lot of them were not able to retire. Right. And they just kept on working. Mm -hmm. So if you kind of listen to the complaints of the millennial generation, a lot of it was like these damn baby boomers won't we can retire so, yeah. like I, so I can move up the corporate ladder, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but if you were looking at some of the research and some of the forecasts, they were saying, look, a, a pendulum shift is going to happen right. soon because these baby boomers are going to retire. Mm -hmm. And what is a lot of this great resignation, you know, this lack of, of people applying for jobs or people quitting is the baby boomers going like a couple of things have happened. One is like, they haven't been in the office for a year and a half. And they're like, I don't really want to go back there. And it wasn't such a great job after all. And they're all looking at their stock portfolios and their house, their house values. And they're going, Oh, I can totally afford to retire right now. Yeah. So take that job and shove it. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. so, and COVID just accelerated this. So I know there are a lot of people out there saying, oh, nobody wants to work hmm. because of like government programs. And I'm sure there's some of that out there. And But you're not really seeing it in the data because a lot of the complaints that you're hearing are from employers in red states where they cut that, they cut those benefits a long time ago. Right. Right. And so yeah. the idea that like, oh, it's because of government benefits that people aren't coming back to work. Well, it doesn't make any sense when you're talking about places where those government benefits ended six months ago, right? right? So something else is going on, mm -hmm. right? And and you have to like look at the data and not pick your favorite, like- Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Pick, your, pick your favorite political position to, to justify what's going on if that's not actually causing it, right? So so the, the, the um, a lot of what's happening now is sort of those more secular, shifts that were underway and i'm not saying this explains all of it i'm just saying this explains part of it right you know part of it also could be the fact that if people were making a lot more money on unemployment than they were at their jobs they might still have some you know some savings, savings. left over mm -hmm. and so they're not under any pressure to go back or they're under less pressure to go back Mm -hmm. Right. But that'll eventually work its sort of way through the system. Right. But a lot of what you're seeing is people like retiring because they can. Mm -hmm. And and also a lot of people reevaluating what they really want to do. Yeah. Right. And and so and you've had a spur of and this happens with every recession. A lot of people starting their own companies. Yes. Right. Entrepreneurship always spikes during during recessions because 
people are kind of forced to, but I think in this time around, a lot of people are, are saying like, gosh, you know, why am I going to go make that person rich yeah. and just make myself rich, right? I'm going to go start my own company. So I agree. Yeah. there's that happening too. So I think, I think, I think there's, a, it's, it, there in, when, when I was in graduate school, I used to use this fancy word called overdetermined, like for a cause or something. Yeah. Overdetermined means there are too many, you can't just say it's one cause. Like there's so many things that, that yeah. cause it to happen. I yeah. think this, this unemployed, the, the situation right now with a shortage of workers, mm-hmm. you know, and also on the, the demand side too. I mean, you're also looking at like strong economic growth, mm-hmm. right. Creating more jobs. Right. And mm-hmm. there's, so all these things are happening at once. The great resignation, the great retirement of the of the baby boomers, which is underway, people reevaluating their lives, starting new jobs, and then of course there are some people who are probably, you know, gaming the system, yeah. gaming the system, right? Yeah. So, uh, so it's it's all of these things to, that are working together. The 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 good thing though, if you're a real estate person though, mm-hmm. now obviously if you're like managing apartments and you're having trouble hiring which is a real problem. I was talking to my old property manager yesterday and he said that they're having a horrible time um, hiring people mm-hmm. because especially skilled folks like you know your, your HVAC techs and people like that who are really highly in demand, very, very difficult, wages are going up. But on the other hand, as like as an owner of real estate, boy, if, you, if someone comes to you and says wages are going up, you should be like popping champagne corks. I, I I agree. That was the huge factor yeah. when I did that fifty-year spreadsheet. Was just yeah. how much wages were the factor that drove. You know, was a very quick determinant of what happened in real estate. It wasn't yeah. interest rates; it was wages. Right? Wages yeah. doubled in the seventies. And and if you have, if you own, you know, a hundred units of real estate, and like, you should, you know, so your HVAC tech, you have to pay him three bucks an hour more. Right. So be it. Big deal because every single one of your hundred tenants also got a three dollar raise. Right. And and like that, and that means they're paying your rent and they're paying it on time. And like that's that that's cause for celebration. So I agree. I know a lot of people are like fixated on the wrong thing. And obviously it's 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 difficult if you can't hire people, right? But you may just have to offer them more money. And that's and that's kind of like what this so. When we talked before about the pendulum swimming back, like workers have been taking it on the chin for a long time with, you know, exporting jobs overseas, automation, all these other kinds of things, right? And, and real wages have not grown by much for a long time. But what the forecasts were saying before COVID hit was that was going to change mm-hmm. because with the retirement of the baby boomers, there was just going to be fewer people to fill the same number of jobs or even, you know, greater number of jobs. Mm-hmm. And now if you have like, reshoring and everybody's concerned about the chain and they don't want to trust, you know, supply chains overseas and they're bringing things back, which is also something that had already started before COVID, right? Labor costs in China were rising. That calculation was becoming less favorable to China, like where Mm -hmm. you want to manufacture stuff. It was already started, right? So all these things are kind of contributing to this. So workers are getting are in a position to demand more yep. now than they have been in a very long time. And as a multifamily owner, like I love it. Cause I yep. want, I want my tenants making a lot of money and I want to be able to raise rents and have them not even notice. So yeah, totally um, agree. And I think, and, and with the, the rent growth that's going on right now, I think that's part of, that's also 
related, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the fact that you see this spectacular rent growth, it's not simply because, uh, because everybody now is moving out of their parents' basement all at the same time. There's some of that clearly, yeah. right? It's also though, because they got more money in their pockets, yeah. right? I think there's a couple of other things that are kind of interesting to me is um, there's a lot of professions that the baby boomers were doing and they had been doing for decades that aren't particularly exciting to millennials, right? And then I picked mm -hmm. those two, two generations because they're on the opposite end and they're like size. Like I heard the other day about coal miners, for example, right? Coal miners uh, have an average age of something like 54 or 56 or something like that. Yep. And they're just not getting kind of the next generation in to fill that spot. And, and as they retire out, right? Every two that retire, you only hire one. I mean, that eventually becomes a problem. Same, I heard about school bus drivers yesterday. Mm. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, in addition to that, this generation of millennials, like you said, starting side hustles that become main hustles are really a thing that's never been easier to start a business uh, and to generate income. So there's a lot of going on. And then finally, for me, it's all about wages. I mean, that's what the 50 year re of research showed. And I have a great example. It was actually a New York restaurant that did this. So New York restaurant was having difficulty hiring people. They would book appointments and nobody would show up. They tried the, you know, I think it was 17 bucks an hour. Then they tried bonuses. Then they tried to pay people to show up to the interview. And finally, what the owner decided to do, Jonathan, was take minimum wage or starting salaries to 25 bucks an hour. What happened very quickly is they hired out, right? They got two shifts or multiple shifts. They had the best of the best. They were selecting from great applicants and they're fully staffed. Lo and behold, a month later, the restaurant had to raise prices on their menus 30%. This is what is going on. Wage inflation is real. It is going to be with us for a while and it's going to go across the entire uh, employment stack. And again, as an investor of a lot of real estate, rental real estate, I'm like, thumbs up going to buy some more because uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just happening. And I eat at home anyway. Yeah, so exactly. It doesn't care. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, you know, and actually another one of those jobs too, which is really contributing to the, the supply chain issues is truck drivers. Yeah. Right? Truck drivers, dock truck workers. Drivers, yeah. yeah. I mean, actually I haven't heard it being a problem with the dock workers, but the truck, truck drivers yeah. is like, the average age of a truck driver in the U.S. is 48 years old. Oh wow! Right, and yeah. it's the same thing. Nope, there aren't. Uh, there's not a younger generation of truck drivers coming in because those are those are tough jobs, right? Yeah, it, it doesn't pay very well. You're away from your the long haul truckers are away for Way weeks time. at a time. Yeah, and there's all when you read about like what they put up with, like you know, like with the just in time deliveries, right? If they're not if they don't get there on time, then the, the dock is filled and the, the warehouse is like, too bad, sorry, go away. And now this guy has got to explain this, like how he was late. Mm -hmm. So there's all this stress, right? And yeah. and it's very unforgiving and the, and the pay is not that good. I mean, but I remember, and you probably do too, as a kid, like driving a truck was a, was a good job. Yeah, right? it was, I mean, and, at the time it was a decent paid job, yeah. Yeah, and, and over time, it's just been eroded and eroded and eroded. And wages have gotten squeezed and conditions have gotten worse to the point where, you know, they're probably most of the truck drivers are telling their kids like, don't, don't you know, do don't this job. job. Yeah. yeah. So it's, and it, and they've had a very difficult time attracting new people as, and that's attested to by that, that average age creeping up. And now yeah. here we are where like you got stuff sitting on docks, 
because there's no trucks to pick it up. Right. Yep. Yep. So um, that's, you know how yeah. you fix that, right? You double the salary. Suddenly you've got a lot of people that are drive trucks. It's true. Yeah. You know, so that's what happens. Yeah. So let's, let's round this conversation out. Is, is my personal opinion is inflation is going to be with us for quite a while. Jamie Dimon is out talking about it being here all of 2022, which is certainly longer than the Fed wants. But to me, it, it, is, it is all wage inflation. And wage inflation doesn't happen instantaneously across the entire employment base. It takes a while to ripple through. So I think it's, it's certainly going to be with us for a while. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's not going to be transitory, as the Fed would say. And, and, and listen, you know, inflation is not always a bad thing. It just really depends on how, how, how high the inflation is, right? How, how big the inflation is. And if you've got wages going up, then people are at least staying equal or if not, if not getting ahead of it. Right. Yeah. So, and for, for real estate, it's great because if you've got, yeah, if you have fixed rate debt, it's awesome. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And your taxes are not going up that fast. Right. Mm -hmm. So your, your costs, maybe if you have some labor costs that's going up, but that's, that's a small portion of your yeah. expense stack. Right. So it's, and maybe materials are going up too, but those are not your biggest items. Like your biggest items no. are your debt and your taxes, right? Exactly. And your insurance. And so the other expenses, maybe they're going up at a faster rate, but they're not, they're not the causing- size your, isn't there, yeah. Right. And the delta between those and your rents growing is favorable to you. Yeah. So that's Agreed. that's really good. And I also don't really see, I mean, I, inflation may be with us. And when they say high inflation, I mean, they're talking about four or 5% annual inflation. They're not, not talking about- That's not hyperinflation, right, Jonathan? 5%? Yeah. And if it gets, if it somehow got to 10, which I, I doubt you're going to see, the pressure on the Fed to raise interest- Oh, it would be- yeah. Would be phenomenal. And then, you know, then we've got other problems to worry about. But yeah. I don't also, given the situation where we are now, where, you know, we, we like, I've heard some people saying, oh, we're going to go, go back to the 70s with stagflation. But the economy is booming right now. I mean, mm -hmm. so we have inflation. The inflation is being caused by the booming economy. It's being caused by like, there's a demand for all these goods because the economy is booming and it can't, they can't be met because of supply chain problems and stuff like that, right? So it's, mm -hmm. not, it's not like this problem with like in the 70s where you had this, everything was sort of just felt like stagnant and grinding to a halt. And yet there was inflation at the same time. And it was like, mm -hmm. You know, you you remember you were oh yeah were yeah kid. it was it was horrible right it was just like a just a kind of just felt like a malaise sort of, yeah, like, like you're running crappy, in mud yeah like a crappy time to be alive and I don't get that sense at all right now yeah right where where that people feel like things are stagnant if anything they feel like you know wow we've been unleashed after this yeah. COVID thing and it's I'm interesting sorry. I do see some seventies similarities but it's mainly wages i.e. we've yeah. already talked about. I see housing benefiting from that, obviously. I see a rising interest rate environment because, again, could they really go lower? Um, I see. I certainly see some similarities. But, yeah, as far as the economy goes, uh, it seems to be going in a, a decent direction, right? We are opening up, but it's we're not out of this yet, right? It, uh, I, I am nervous about a recession, actually, early next year, uh, which, which could knock this off its uh, podium, if you will, so. So very cool, Jonathan. Do me a favor. How can people follow you and get part of your world? Yeah, so the, the easiest way is to go to my free Facebook group, which is called Multifamily Investment Community. Just search for us. We've got, we're closing in on 12,000 members in the group. Wow, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a great group. 
uh, it's all free. It's no BS, no spam. Um, just try to focus on helping people mm-hmm. get to the next step uh, in their multifamily uh, journey. Uh, and there's only one request I have, which is that you, the first time you come to the group, come on your computer because you'll be asked three questions, which you must answer in order to gain access. And Facebook in its infinite wisdom does not show them to people on phones. That's funny. So uh, the first time come on your computer after that, you can always use your phone to participate in the discussion. Very cool. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Thank you. Mm-hmm.